I'm gonna give you a cool string of those strategies that I tend to, to put together. So we, we do meal prep, we use our credit card to buy our groceries because we're gonna buy them anyways. We do look for those organic savings and so we'll buy organic food and then we'll use that to make some copycat recipes and, and just have some fun with it. So uh, think of those ones or maybe create your own things that I didn't even include. I'd love to hear what those are as far as your baller on a budget tips or strategies. And then let me know what kind of combination you're putting together and stringing together. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, Certified Financial Planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended you consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Hey, thanks for joining Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I have a fun episode today. I'm going to be kind of going through a popular strategy guide that I created about a year ago called How to Be a Baller on a Budget. So we'll cover some fun tips that you could start incorporating pretty immediately. So that's one of the benefits of this strategy guide. And I think that's why it was uh, so popular back when I posted it. So one of the things that my clients agree with me and, and I agree with them on definitely is how to maximize their current lifestyle today while not wasting opportunities and avoiding huge mistakes that they could be making. You'll probably hear me say pretty often that you're actually capable of doing almost everything you ever want to do. You just can't do it yet or all at once. Doing things in an improper order without a strategy is definitely a way to set yourself up for future frustration or future stress. So definitely being intentional and just being strategic and efficient with how you're going to make your money work for you and really get the most value out of your life. And, and it helps to have a plan or a strategy guide. With that, we'll dive straight into tips to strategically get the most out of life. And I call them how to be a baller on a budget. And I classify these in a few different ways. So I'm going to start out with the, the easy ones to do. Uh, there's a lot more of those. Then it gets a little bit harder and then there's even an expert setting. And so the reason for those different settings is because of the amount of time, some of the emotional value that it would take for you to kind of stick to those strategies. Uh, but let's start with the easy ones first. And just giving you a heads up warning that a lot of these revolve around food, which makes a lot of sense, I think, because a lot of people, when they do have issues with overspending, Eating out tends to be one of the biggest culprits and one of the areas we can easily target to uh, try to find efficient strategies to make the most of their expenses that they're choosing to spend money on. So the first one is sharing meals. This is mainly for when you're going out. This isn't necessarily sharing meals at home, which basically you do when you cook a meal, you're sharing those things. What happens is when you go out to eat, you do, or at least most people tend to kind of separate out like, oh, I'm going to get this, this is what I want, and then whoever you go with or is getting their own thing. And so that really increases the cost dramatically, it makes it a little bit hard to split, or if you are, you're just splitting the meals evenly, but still spending the same amount of money. So uh, this idea is to actually reduce the cost by about half if you are splitting the meals right down the middle. And so just a quick example of how I'm going to be actually utilizing this tip uh, this upcoming Tuesday, which 
Uh, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be produced, but we have a, a thing in Fort Collins called the Fort Collins Food Truck Rally. And so every Tuesday, food trucks gather in City Park and a whole bunch of people show up and you get to kind of pick and choose which food truck you want to go to and all that. So it's something that my family looks forward to all winter while we're just waiting for spring and summer to get here. And so we're going to head to that. And what we're going to do is actually eat before we go, just like a small snack or um, just a smaller meal. And then that way, once we go there, we're not going to be starving and we're going to find something to split as a couple. And I'm sure my son will start grabbing some stuff too. And, and I know we're probably only a few months or maybe a year or so away from where we need to start getting additional meals just to, uh, to keep him happy as well. So we're not splitting it too many ways. But that's that's what we do. We make a small meal so we don't feel like we have to get everything or, or go crazy once we go to the food truck rally. And one of the things with eating out, whether it's a cool event like this or just going to a restaurant that you'd like and enjoy, is more about the experience and definitely some convenience as well. But I think more than anything, you, you enjoy the experience of someone kind of treating you and bringing your food and cooking for you and all of that. And so it's always a nice feeling to go out and eat for that reason. And so we're still able to get that even if we're splitting meals, whether we're going to a food truck rally or anywhere else, we still get the benefits of going and sitting in the park, playing with our son and just kind of relaxing and, and hanging out and still eating good food. Just we're not gorging, we're not <laughs> eating more than what we need. And I think that's another reason why sharing meals made a lot of sense to me early on. This is something I figured out probably when I was in my teens and um, when I was working a part-time job, it had some income to use. And, and if I was going on dates or anything like that, I, I noticed pretty quickly how expensive that, that could be. And that was really where all my money went was to eating out. So I, I thought to myself, well, how can we make these things last a little bit longer? And splitting meals was definitely something that meant either we can go out twice as much or go out the same amount, but uh, reduce the cost by half. So that's that's kind of something I figured out early on, and that makes sense for it to be the very first one that I threw out there. Kind of on that same lines as far as eating, skipping the extras, there's a lot of stuff that if you don't think about it, and that's that's what happens. A lot of times you start to create some habits, and you just don't even think about it. It's like, oh, I do this, this, this every single time. Why would I change that? But if you think about it, maybe there are some things that you don't really enjoy or uh, don't value as much. So things like fries or side things like drinks, you might not necessarily be all about getting a drink from a certain spot, but it's convenient and you're thirsty. And so you get a drink, even though it's way more expensive than if you just made something at home or just had water. And so saving on those things, if you just add those things up, if you get an appetizer, I know some people when they go out, they go they go all out for real and they do the, the appetizers each. Uh, they each get an entree, they each get drinks, and uh, they may each get desserts too. So all those things, if you just kind of added up all those things times two, that's potentially about $30 of savings if you're able to kind of avoid some of those. And again, it's it's kind of along the lines of saying you can do everything that you want to do, but just be creative. You can actually... I have, you can, you can get a lot more of what you want. So as far as desserts, well, you could go to the store and pick up some things and get way more than what you'd get from the restaurant that you're at. And it'll last a lot longer. It'll be multiple servings that you'd be able to stretch those things out rather than dropping $30 and just having that night to show for it. So things that we typically would do is 
we will get water while we're there because it's definitely more enjoyable if you're drinking and eating at the same time. But we don't have to have alcoholic drinks or sodas or anything like that while we're out. And so we have that stuff at home. And so afterwards, if that was really something we want to do, like tonight's a Friday night, I'm not going out to drink. I have my own stuff here that I'll just make a Jack and Coke and have some popcorn that I'll make myself and and watch a movie. And and those things are all definitely an alternative or trade-off compared to what we could do. And it would cost a lot more. So that's just kind of a few examples of some of those things that you could skip. But yeah, just comparing that to what you could afford at the store, you're paying a lot more and it may be too much anyways. They they give you a lot of food and you sometimes I know that this would happen if if we were truly celebrating and we were going all out and it wasn't just like the normal thing. Sometimes we would get some of those extra things and I would not feel that great afterwards. So I'm sure many of you that are listening feel the same way that you will go out to eat and just go a little bit overboard. They give you a lot more food uh, than you're used to eating when you're eating at home. And then you just don't feel great either that night or the, the next day. The last one that's super focused on the food part is copycat recipes. So you can actually make a lot of things at home. And I have to admit, it does take some trial and error. It wasn't always the case where I felt like I'm a decent cook and I'm not going to say that I'm a world-class chef or anything like that. But uh, compared to where I started out when when we first started cooking things ourselves, I definitely feel very confident in the kitchen now and creating all different kinds of uh, masterpieces or kind of Frankenstein monsters of <laughs> in the kitchen. Um, but they all taste really good now. And so there's copycat recipes. And that's that's how I kind of started into just getting more confident in the kitchen is finding out what are the things that me and my wife typically would like if we were to go out anyways hunt down the recipes and and start to make those things ourselves. And like I said, sometimes early on, it'll probably take some trial and error. You'll, you'll hit some home runs and then you'll strike out uh, sometimes. But if you keep at it, you'll actually get used to uh, the different combinations of how to, to cook, whether it's bacon or cooking straight meals. And so a couple of things that we've made, Olive Garden breadsticks is something that was one of the reasons why we'd always go to Olive Garden is for their breadsticks. So we looked up the copycat recipe and it took a, a few attempts, but we really enjoy being able to make those things ourselves. And that, since that was one of the main reasons to go to Olive Garden a lot of times, the thing that either emotionally or I guess it would be kind of nostalgic too, because we used to go a lot early when we were dating. So for those reasons, we're able to kind of make those things at home and, and still enjoy stuff and significantly reduce the cost for sure. We're coming up on summer now and Culver's has this thing called a strawberry cooler. Basically, it's a, a lemon ice, a frozen lemon ice blended with the fruit of your choice. And usually we'd get the strawberry, but now Culver's has a lot of different options. But you can make those at home. There's get some lemonade, you get some ice and get some fresh berries. And you can make quite a few of those uh, for the whole family and significantly reduce the cost. So the best friend with those copycat recipes would be Google. Anything that you're hankering for and you're like, ah, no, I can only get it from this place definitely give it a try. And, and and sometimes, albeit these copycat recipes are not perfect, if you get close to it, you might find out that you you like your way of doing it a little bit better or you can put your own little spin on it and and just have fun with it. And that's I think that's one of the benefits of all these fun things of how to be a baller on a budget is just have fun. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to be focused on the money. You can just focus on just trying to enjoy it and, and make an experience out of it. So this next one 
is a common one that you'll hear from a lot of people. So I'm not uh, the first to bring this up, but buying in bulk. So we have a Sam's Club membership and there's a lot of people that are uh, partial to Costco, but we definitely enjoy our Sam's Club. I don't know if it's because we're, we had a Sam's Club back in Illinois where we're originally from growing up and then that's what we're used to. But either way, Costco, Sam's Club, if there's any other place where you can buy in bulk, it's a huge savings. And I'll have to go and calculate this one time to actually see what the difference is. But I know it's pretty monumental. Just buying in bulk means that you're getting some pretty steep discounts and getting a lot more, sometimes for only a little bit more than what you'd pay in the store for a fraction of the items you're buying. And you can definitely do food with this. With the food, you'll def- you'll want to be more cautious for sure because you want to make sure your family's going to eat everything that you buy. That's one way to negate some of the benefits of buying in bulk and some of that discount is if you're wasting a significant amount. So make sure the things you're buying are not going to go to waste. The awesome thing and, and where we lean probably most heavily on our Sam's Club membership are just everyday items that if you buy from the regular store and you had to do it a few times a year, it gets super expensive. So things like toilet paper, paper towel, garbage bags, laundry pads, uh, dishwasher, fluid, and, and all that stuff. Those things, you can give those at a significant discount. Another one uh, that we're able to do sometimes too is like shampoo and conditioner because I don't care about that stuff for me. Sometimes my wife needs some more special things <laughs> for uh, whatever uh, her sister or her friends are kind of telling her she should try. But yeah, for me, whatever whatever is the cheapest thing on the Sam's Club shelf, I'll get a huge bottle and it'll last me a very long time. So there's lots of things like that that you can get from Sam's Club or Costco. So just check it out. I think the membership usually is about $50, $60. A lot of times you can find discounts online before you even go and, and sign up for the membership. So you can save $10, $20 possibly for that too. This next one is kind of a common sense thing, but it doesn't come up nearly as often as... I would expect uh, just being in the, the financial services industry and, and following a lot of financial topics and blogs and things like that. But just go outside and, and if, if you do need to spend money, spend money on some nice pair of sunglasses that you don't mind kind of going and walking around in because that's going to be one of the healthiest things you could do and definitely one of the most amazing things you can do on the financial side. Because if you're going for a walk, as long as you're not walking to stores or walking along a strip of all these things that you're going to be buying or spending money on. It's just good for you mentally, physically, and it should do well for your your budget as well. Just to, to go outside, if you're outside going for walks, you're probably not online shopping or hopefully you're not walking and, and looking at your phone and not really enjoying the outdoors. So I think that one's definitely overlooked, but it's, that's easily the most cost-effective way to enjoy your leisure time and get a lot of benefits as well. This next one comes up because um, my wife and I are actually scheduling a family trip. And one of the things that we're thinking about is, man, it's so expensive to eat out. Uh, we've, we've actually done a really good job over the last two years, pretty much since I started my business to not eat out practically ever. And so if we go on vacations, that's, that's a lot more difficult but the what we're doing and what kind of is making it into my how to be a baller on a budget is we're going to get like a condo that has a full kitchen. And so we're going to be able to do a lot of the same stuff that we're able to do at home and, and not eat out as much. We're still, we're, we'll definitely eat out a little bit, just having that flexibility and, and confidence to know that we have that. I imagine we're going to save quite a, quite a few hundred dollars just over the course of the week of our vacation. And 
it's just because that's how expensive it is to go out and, and eat every single meal. So if you think about it and you don't have access to, to make food yourself or like a local grocery store, we can just uh, quickly pop in and, and buy some uh, nice fresh stuff. You're going to be spending money on breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, maybe the dessert because you're celebrating vacation and just having a good old time. So uh, there's going to be plenty of stuff I'm sure we'll end up spending money on on our vacation. We don't need to go overboard with our financial situation, especially it, it's a lot more relaxing too. I'm sure any of you that are listening and have done a vacation and had kind of that condo set up, it's just nice to make a sandwich sometimes, especially if you ate out the night before and, and maybe overdid it. Just do something like that the next day, uh, but it's easy. You, you have a full-size fridge, not like a little mini fridge, and it's just nice to have a little bit more space to stretch out to. This last one, super easy. I think it's starting to become more common. Uh, there could be a, a downside to it for sure, but uh, the way that we're using it is definitely helpful because it's saving us a lot of grocery trips. We, uh, For those of you that don't know, I, I have two young children. Uh, one's just over two, and the other one's five months old, and so logistics and kind of keeping everyone happy and and having a efficient day as far as how we navigate it is not always easy to do as far as, oh, we forgot this. We need to run a store. You run in and we're taking one of the kids or we're taking both the kids or we're all going. It gets a little bit hectic, but the cool thing is free shipping on a lot of places now. I think Target is the one that we use most heavily. If you have an Amazon Prime, you can go a lot of stuff off of the Amazon now where if you're able to get free shipping, it's going to save me not only time, uh, but also the gas and wear and tear on my vehicle to just jump in the car and go run out to grab whatever it is that we're missing or, or need in the next couple of days. And, and shipping's usually really quick too, at least in most parts of the United States now. So what we do is sometimes we just use free shipping just for normal, normal things like dog food. Uh, yes, we could get it from the store, but it's a pain to, to lug it around and and it's free shipping and we always forget. So we can schedule some of those things out in advance and, and set it to send us the food once a month or however often we need it. We do it with our air filters as well. So free shipping is definitely a huge one just from that time savings aspect, but uh, also just by getting those things that you would normally get anyways. And it's saving us from going into a target. And if it, if you've gone into Target, it's very easy to not come out with only what you were looking for. So it gets very easy to overspend and see some other stuff. But if you are able to qualify for free shipping and you pick out what you want, you can just have that shipped and you don't have to worry about all that temptation around. And especially having the, the two-year-old, he's pretty good when we go to stores. But uh, even still, I don't know why it is, but there's always that kind of pull like, oh, he's being really good. Should I buy him something? And it's like, why, why? So I'm not sure why those things happen. It happens to a lot of parents. So I'm sure there's some research as to to why that occurs, but that definitely avoids that situation as well with that free shipping. So where it does start to get a little bit harder is some of these things that require delayed gratification and being able to not get used to something or addicted to something. So that's kind of why we're in this hard description, the hard difficulty level for this type of how to be a baller on a budget. So in my strategy guide, I called it, it's sometimes it's better to be late. And so what I mean is there's a lot of cool opportunities if you're able to wait for old models to, or for models to become old, basically. So a few examples of this, and a lot of times it occurs with technology-based items because 
technology is constantly being renovated. There's new features and things like that. So it does cause just that last generation that's still available at the stores oftentimes to be drastically discounted. And so it's something that you may want, not necessarily need. And so you can wait a few more months, especially especially if you know that that product you're going to get, they're coming out with a new one soon. You can assess what those features are. And so by waiting almost a year or two years, how often, however often those things are replaced, just if you're already halfway through that time period, well, what's, can you wait a little bit longer? See what that new thing is. It's probably going to cost about the same as what it was anyways, but now it's going to come out with new features. If those new features are not worth it to you, you might be able to get something at a 50% or 25% discount, which is pretty significant. And uh, it allows you to have more information to be empowered to, to make the best decision for your situation. And so that's, that's something I've used a lot for my Apple watch. I don't know what even generation my watch is, but I think we waited a year or two before we uh, bought it. And so it's one of the older ones, got a pretty good discount on it. And then I did something similar with the Hue smart lighting system. And I, I think I mentioned that in one of my podcasts earlier, but yeah, we waited till the, the new features came out on the new ones. And then those, those ones were cut. I think it was actually 50%. So saved a whole bunch of money on that was able to get the features I cared about and wanted. And uh, those things have been going strong for three or four years and they keep upgrading these things, but I haven't felt the need to, to do any of the upgrades. There's different technology, different things that have those model years that you could definitely try to wait a little bit longer. Another thing that comes to mind is cell phones. So I know some people replace those annually. And as long as you're able to put that off, the the more you're saving for one. So if if you're not buying something all the time, there might be a few years that you're able to put stuff off. If you're able to put off the cost of an $800 cell phone another year, well, basically you're saving that $800 for another year and you're changing your habits too, possibly. So if you're used to doing it sooner, being able to push that out is going to allow you to have more control and more confidence over that situation. And again, you get to see what else is out there, see how things compare. And maybe you don't need the new one. You can get one of those older ones and, and maybe that $800 you would have spent goes down to $400 and you, you didn't really miss anything uh, possibly. So that's uh, something to be aware of. This other one is meal preference. So this one's planning ahead and then having the discipline after you buy the food and kind of research what you're going to make for the week to actually stick to it and, and eat the food that you have in the fridge. A lot of times, especially like at the, the new year, people want to create all these new New Year's resolutions. The, they, they do the meal prep, but then they don't actually use anything that's on fridge and stuff starts to go bad. So it's kind of like a double whammy. You still spend all the money of going out, but then you wasted a lot of money on probably some premium stuff to try to entice you to actually eat it, but then it, you don't eat it anyways. And so those things go to waste. So meal prepping is definitely something that's uh, valuable. And again, from a time-saving standpoint and and definitely from a cost standpoint, if you're comparing that to eating out. I guess this is a good spot too to throw it in. We all make up some crazy things in our head as far as why we do something. So, and it definitely happens around food, but there's there's a lot of emotional things that go into your habits and why you do certain things. And so food is definitely an emotional topic a lot of times. And you can create false 
reasons for why you do stuff that are not anywhere rooted in reality. So I know a lot of times people will tell themselves, well, it costs more to eat. It costs more to buy the stuff <laughs> to, to make it and eat it because I'm a single individual or because there's only two of us. That's you're, you're creating things that are not reality. And um, I know there's ways you can make it look like that and do that, but there's more than enough ways to show you, well, maybe for this particular meal, it might cost the same amount or more, but there's so many different combinations. That that's one of the fun things about food is you can do whatever you want and make things however you want them to be. You're in control. You don't have to do something a certain way just because a restaurant does it that way. I know I was talking about copycat recipes, but part of the, the fun of cooking anyways is to <laughs> freestyle and do your own thing uh, every now and then too. So yeah, have that discipline and self-awareness to understand if you're creating these excuses or reasons that are not really rooted in truth or any reality. Um, and we do it for that. We do it for a lot of things. Why, why we don't go for a run. I know if I was just going to go for like a three mile run, it would only take me between 25, 30 minutes or so. And, but I tell myself I don't have enough time. I, I definitely have 25, 30 minutes where if I just cut out all the time, I was looking at LinkedIn or, or anything like that. I would easily find that time to be able to do it. So that's one of the things I know mentally I make up for myself. And uh, some days I'm better than others as far as telling myself I'm lying to myself and and going out and doing it. So just be self-aware. I think that's a really big thing with being able to have more confidence in navigating your financial life is that self-awareness. The last hard item is taking advantage of launches and free trials. So I kind of lumped these together. Think of my strategy guide. I did keep them separate. So Uh, Free trials, those are just for maybe existing things that are already out there. But the cool thing about free trials is they're free or super, you might only be paying for like the shipping or or whatever it happens to be. The trick is to not get addicted to those or to think you deserve those or that you can never live without those things again because you can. Um, You were living before them, you'll live after them. And sometimes, yes, it's nice and it was fun to do, but enjoy it for what it was. It was was a nice new thing to try and kind of part of being that baller on a budget (laughs) feeling. So, yep, you're a baller trying out some new stuff, stuff that uh, maybe no one else has tried yet and you get to have that experience. But know that if it's not in your budget or it's not going to make sense long-term for you to, to stick with those things, then maybe you should just take advantage of the free trials and call it quits afterwards. There's also exciting new things that different than free trials where there's launches. So just a brand new product or a brand new uh, restaurant opening up. A lot of times they'll give freebies out, free meals or free anything, uh, free kind of additions or accessories. And so there's a lot of things like that that are constantly going on. If you think about it, new businesses are opening up all the time. They're trying to get the, the word out. And so taking advantage of those, enjoying it. It's pretty prestigious to the new restaurants open up to be one of the, the first people to go and try it. And that doesn't mean you have to go there every week. And it could be your favorite restaurant. Doesn't doesn't mean you need to go every day or every week, but it's something fun to take advantage of, feel like a baller and, and just understand when, when it is not appropriate to continue doing those types of things. And that's why it's a little bit harder too, because they do those things for a reason, right? They, they want to get you awareness about them and they want to get you hooked on, on them being your choice for whatever service or offering that is. 
So these last three are going to be more expert level. So it takes a lot of discipline and, and probably some additional research too. So this first one is buying quality for long-term use. And there's, there's a lot of things that you can buy where you get the same value out of things regardless of how expensive they are. And sometimes that's up to the owner, that's up to the purchaser, the, the person trying to make that decision. But there's definitely some areas where there's a big difference. And so you want to make sure that you do the research for what's important to you and make sure that you're not spending a small amount of money on something that's very cheap or, and, and it's going to break because you have to use it a lot because that could get expensive. That could be more expensive than just buying a high quality product that's going to hang in there. So one example I can give you is something I don't do too often anymore, but I have a punching bag and uh, that used to be one of my favorite workouts to do is I use the punching bag and I do that type of training. And so there's definitely a wide range on boxing gloves you can get. You can get like little $10 ones, not safe for your hands, not not good at all. They'll probably break pretty quickly and just not good quality at all. You start moving up along kind of the quality spectrum and you can get some decent ones that last quite a while, but they're probably still not the best. So it's important to know kind of what what you're planning to use it for, and hopefully you're planning to use on whatever you're buying, and then, and then kind of ranging that into the quality that you need, what's going to be acceptable for the amount of usage, and the value that you're going to get out of it. So again, sometimes sometimes it's fine, regardless of where you are on that quality spectrum, that stuff is going to hold up, you'll get the same amount of value. But a lot of times that's not always the case. So definitely be uh, diligent, do your research, read reviews. That's one of the cool things about the internet is you can uh, check online and, and look at those reviews and see how things have held up, how people are complaining or praising uh, the products that you're looking at and then comparing that on prices too because that will, that will help educate you on your decision there. So this is one that I don't know if it applies everywhere, but it does apply up here in Fort Collins, Colorado. We have a, a store called King Supers, and it's cool. They have a, a wide range of organics, and it started out small initially, but they've been growing it pretty significantly at this point, and they have a special brand called Simple Truth, which is really the a big portion of their organic offerings at this point, but they also have a lot of vegetables and, and things like that too. Where I'm getting at with that is organics, when you used to think about it, you used to think like, whoa, Whole Foods, super expensive, but that's, that's not always the case. Sometimes we, if there's some organic produce or organic items on the shelves that are on sale, sometimes they're cheaper than the, the normal alternative, just your normal everyday kind of non-organic options. And so you probably can't replace everything that you do with uh, organics, although King Supers is definitely putting uh, a push to try to make that happen. But you can definitely find a few items and, and again, get that more baller feeling. So I was like, oh yeah, I bought some organics. It's healthier for me, healthier for my kids and family. And, and there's a lot more options. I think that's going to continue to be a trend. Keep a, a lookout. Sometimes it's not always easy to understand kind of how, how those things work. Sometimes the organic stuff is the same amount or less, but it's because they're giving you less. So one example is like a, a block of cheese. I think the the more common one, the normal non-organic one would be eight ounces. But if you get the organic one, it's six ounces and then they're the same price. So basically you're giving up two ounces to for the same price of what the eight ounces would be. Definitely something to consider. But for my family, we've always been notorious for wasting the last little bit of cheese. So 
in reality, we probably weren't going to use that two ounces anyways, and we'll get the same amount and it'll be organic and, and we'll feel good about that. And so that's, that's one way to think about that organic situation. Again, it takes some research, which is why it's hard. And what if, what if something's on sale and you get really used to being able to buy organic strawberries because they were on sale like the whole month of May or the whole month of June and all of a sudden they're not on sale and then they're ridiculously priced again, like what you'd expect sometimes organics to be priced at and you feel like you should just get it anyway. So that's one thing to be aware of is those sales don't always last and, and have the discipline to know, well, does that fit? And if you're going to be making these choices and I know my very first official podcast where I was talking about money and talking about alternatives and trade-offs, all these things are, are all considering and weighing the uh, trade-offs and alternatives and trying to do it in a fun way, basically. And so the, the last one that I'll hit on is using your credit cards wisely. So a lot of people don't understand fully how credit cards work or understand the damage that could happen, how much wasted money occurs if you're carrying a balance and you're paying interest on it because credit cards are, have some of the highest interest rates out there. You want to avoid doing that, but if you are able to do that, you can actually earn rewards on eating out. And some credit cards actually give you additional incentives for using them for grocery purchases or different uh, things. So if, if that's not necessarily important to you and entertainment is or dining out, they have unique credit cards all over the place now that maybe focuses in on where you tend to spend the most money when you're using your credit card. So be aware of that and then just make sure that you don't fall into that problem of because of the there's rewards, you think that the rewards are enough to offset your new purchase decision. So I'm going to buy this extra thing because I get awards for it. That's not how the rewards work. You only get uh, a fraction of what you're spending, not not the full amount. So if, if you're going to go buy Broncos tickets because you get rewards now, well, you're only getting, let's say Broncos tickets are $250 a ticket. So per ticket, you might get $5 maybe at the most for that $250 purchase. So it's not necessarily the same thing. You're not, your rewards are not that strong and they'll never be that, that strong to totally offset those purchases that you're making. But it is a nice bonus for things that you're already purchasing anyway. So just use them wisely. Uh, don't fall into the temptation. And, and I say that because I used to work at a credit union and people would carry balances on the credit card, be paying about 20%. And just be using it because uh, they get rewards. Well, the rewards are 1% and you're paying 20% that's compounded. <laughs> your, your rewards don't compound. The interest you're paying does. And so if you're carrying these balances, you're definitely on the wrong side of the table. And, and it might feel like you're pulling one over on the credit card companies, but they must have confused it in some way because that's not the case. If you're carrying balances, you're paying way more than you're ever going to get in rewards. So just be aware of that. So. That that's how to be a baller on a budget. I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think one cool additional way, if you're already doing some of these things, try to make a game of it. So try stringing a few of these baller on a budget strategies together to make your own money stretch just a little bit further. And so you can start making more progress on that ever elusive goal, I imagine for most people, which is building your wealth. And, and it's something that a lot of people continue to put off because they feel like, it's not in the budget. Well, we just talked about a few different ways you can strategically probably save 50 to $100 to $200. I know I've seen clients save as much as $700 or $800 a month by 
doing some new strategies. So there's no doubt in my mind, if you're listening to this and you're making above $50,000, $60,000 a year on a single income or for a single family or a little bit more than that for a, a, a bigger household, there's always room to improve. And it's just whether or not you're going to get over that emotional aspect or that behavioral aspect to allow you to actually start making these progressive changes and, and start to build that wealth that is elusive to so many Americans. So uh, with that, I'm going to give you a cool string of those strategies that I tend to, to put together. So we, we do meal prep. We use a credit card to buy our groceries because we're going to buy them anyways. We do look for those organic savings, and so we'll buy organic food, and then we'll use that to make some copycat recipes and, and just have some fun with it. So uh, think of those ones, or maybe create your own things that I didn't even include. I'd love to hear what those are as far as your baller on a budget tips or strategies, and then let me know what kind of combination you're putting together and stringing together, because that, that's just another way to look at it. You definitely don't have to just focus on just one. You can start implementing these, or maybe you already implemented some, but uh, hopefully you found some new tips to be able to integrate into your financial life. And once you start doing a lot of these things, it's just like anything. It, it's a lot easier. Uh, I mentioned that we don't eat out anymore practically ever. And it's not something we really miss all that much. If anything, we miss, not, if we do end up eating out, we are like, oh, we, we really wanted to cook this uh, this night, but something came up and, and we were out and got busy or whatever. So yeah, just have fun with it and just know that all these things get better and easier with time as you're uh, using them and, and doing them more often. Thank you for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I invite you to reach out, review, let me know what you want to hear more of. Uh, if there's things you don't like, definitely reach out. Let me know. I want to make this that the best uh, resource it can be for you. And I just like you starting your kind of financial education and the, getting that foundation for you. That's essentially what I'm doing with that, the podcast. Obviously, I'm very well versed on the, the financial aspect, so that's not that much of a concern, but uh, trying to build it in a way that connects with you and, and is really meaningful for you uh, to the point actually where you'll start sharing it with other people that you think would find value. That's really where I want to get this show. So any way you think I can improve any specific questions, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm going to be happy to incorporate that into future episodes and Everything I do, whether it's in my business or any of the additional content I produce is really just to help people take their financial confidence to the next level and just really improve and just live a better quality of life. So catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.